Hey, everybody. You've reached the Mayfair Podcast. I'm Eric. And this is Josh. It is Tuesday, January 24th, 2023, Oof. which movie nerds will know that the Oscar nominees were announced this morning. Nobody would remember that. Like no. it, it keeps getting moved around to the point where <laughs> I saw a meme about it today that was like six weeks of people complaining about Oscar nominations. Oh, I guess they're announced in the next six weeks. And then yeah. this morning I was like, oh, they've been announced. And that's the joke is that people are going to complain. People complain every year. I'm sure you could go back to the first one 95 years ago and somebody was snubbed. Their favorite movie didn't get in and none of it matters. I mean, I guess, I don't know if it does matter. I don't know if mathematically, sometimes I think it increases box office. Sometimes I know it doesn't. I know there's statistical facts of certain movies will get eight nominations and nothing happens. It still just doesn't push the box office up it's usually just it increases a paycheck for the actor or director or writer that's mostly what happens it seems yeah like. and i think every once in a while it'll garner some buzz lee just yesterday was telling me how this is his least favorite time of the year to program <laughs> oh, okay <laughs> because there's still people running the show that have no love of the game and are just like no we can't give you the whale or fablemans etc because if it gets a bunch of nominations, we'll put it back in the multiplex and people will go see that instead of Scream and Megan and Avatar. And you're like, no, no, they won't. Give it to us and our customers will come see those movies. Yeah, but and we take something like After Sun and then, you know, if that gets nominated and then people are going to be like, wait, now we want to show that. It's like, well, we had its back before you did. We've been in this situation before where we'd had a movie. I think one was Brooklyn where we had it booked, ready to go. And in the 11th hour the powers that be pulled it from us and we already had schedules out. We already had the movie ready to go and we had to backpedal and grab some other random movie mm -hmm. because they were like, Nope, sorry. Sorry. Beloved 1932 <laughs> cinema that we've been selling movies to for decades. We're going to give it to the multiplex. And then it went to the multiplex and came back to us a week later. And then we played it for like four weeks. Jeez. Was it motherless Brooklyn or was it, did I make that title up? The Edward Norton one? No, Brooklyn, the one that. with Sir Ronan. Okay, so that does exist. Because yeah. I was like, wait, is he thinking Babylon? And then I, because I was like, I know Motherless Brooklyn was very well reviewed. And I don't possibly... think we ever played Motherless Brooklyn. I never even saw it, but I heard my one friend, the guy that I do Bad Movie Night with, raved about it. And I couldn't tell if it was a bit at first because it didn't seem like a movie he would have watched, but he kept raving about it. I don't even know what it's about. It's just that Edward Norton's involved. Yeah, and Bruce Willis is in it in one of his rare, last, good, non-straight-to-Amazon-type movies. Oh, my God. I didn't yeah. even realize he was in that. Poor Bruce Willis, who now I feel like the worst person in the world <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because he was ill and making a lot of money. Yeah, I was doing the Cage Quest this year to watch all the ones I've missed. Oh, wow. And so I'm one of them. I don't remember which one it was, but it was directed by Stephen C. Miller, who I basically just remember because he did the Silent Night, Deadly Night remake. Oh. Silent Night. And he also did Automaton Transfusion, which was a super low-budget horror that got a lot of buzz, and it was pretty fun. But anyways, so after he did that, I was just like, I always check these directors. I'm like, what is he doing after this? And he'd done like four with Willis after that. Wow. And I think it was, I'm pretty sure I remember now reading an interview with, it was a director of a couple of Willis later ones that were just kind of, I think the guy that revealed that he had, you know, whatever it is. I'm not sure if it was this particular director, but it was just one of those things where I was like, oh yeah, like that's just, it's got to be like a weird thing when you're working with one of these legends on multiple movies and then they're just not that person anymore you know oh, I mean, it's so rough yeah not really the point of any of this but like no, speaking yeah. of willis i was just like ah oh, man geez 
We can remember better Willis times. True. Remember, think of Moonrise Kingdom, you know? Think of, yeah. I don't know, just Moonrise Kingdom, basically. I just think of his David Letterman appearances were always hilarious. Okay, so we're going to hop right into talking about the Oscars. I am going in kind of blind because this morning I had some stuff to do, and then I went to pick up new membership cards, went to pick up cat food, which I got for a dollar. Oh my God. Because shoppers put the wrong price tag on it. Ooh. And I wasn't even being a jerk customer. I was just like, oh, I think the price is wrong on that. And then the lady was like, oh, you get it for $10 off. Under $10, you get it for free. Yeah, yeah. The scanning code of practices. Yeah. So now I'm like, wow, I got to look for that more. <laughs> and supposedly it's 20% off at shoppers today, too. It's like Whoa. friends and family discount. Although you did better than that. So I, I got mean. a dollar cat food. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't uh, worry about that. Okay, so the 95th Academy Awards, which I'm a hypocrite because I don't care about (laughs) the Oscars. Routinely, I'm like, hey, don't feel bad, people who didn't get nominated. All kinds of great people didn't get nominated. Mm -hmm. But I do use it as a tool when advertising on social media of putting in this many nominations. Well, you have to, though. I mean, it's your bread and butter. So, actor in a lead role, Austin Butler for Elvis, Colin Farrell for Banshees, Brennan Fraser for The Whale... Paul Meskel for After Sun, that's a bit of a surprise, I yeah. would guess. And Bill Nye for Living. So we've screened three of these, and then Whale and Living are on the horizon for us as soon for as sure. we can get them. Living is like, I don't even know much about it, but that's such a Mayfair movie that I'm just oh, like, God, yeah, we're yeah. clearly getting that movie. British, Bill Nye, kind of sad, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and, like, and The Whale, too. I mean, both of those, you know, obviously we're going to get those. But yeah, I mean, that, it's funny because like the first three are not surprising at all. No. Like, those were basically written in already. Yeah, and I think it's Brendan Fraser's year, I think. I mean... Colin Farrell, maybe? Yeah, but like he won... Didn't he win for supporting, or am I making that up entirely? Oh, I don't know. See, and that's the other thing. This is unresearched. I don't know anything about the past. Yeah, I could be told... I mean, he's been nominated before, I believe Colin Farrell has. Unless I'm totally making that up. I I thought he was up for like in Bruges or something like that. And Austin Butler may rightfully or wrongfully fall under the... You're really young. You're mm-hmm. going to get another shot at this. Mm-hmm. So we're not going to give it to you. That sometimes happens. Yeah, and he was very good. Like, I really liked Elvis. It's been kind of a controversial off and on, but like, I didn't have a problem with Tom Hanks. And it was a spectacle. Like, I'm not going to say it's the best thing I saw or everything about it was perfect, but I was captured by that movie. I don't usually love Baz Luhrmann. Mm-hmm. Even way back in the day with, God, what is that, 20 years ago now, uh. with Moulin Rouge, I went to see it. I love Hugh McGregor. Sure. The credits rolled, and it's my go-to thing to say at movies now that I don't like, but I don't bear ill will to. Good job, everybody. The costume looked great. The music (laughs) was great. I love all the actors. I just didn't like it. And it just might be one of those things like a food taste where you're like, I don't bear any ill will towards the eggplant. I just don't like you. And Elvis, for whatever reason, I really liked it. I liked that it just moved along yeah it was fast it got all this information in there Mm -hmm. it was a lot of fun but then still kind of told this sad story definitely and austin butler who came out of nowhere and evidently is one of those crazy actors who was in character as elvis for like two years and didn't speak to his family and every time i hear that story i'm like you hear michael Caine or anthony hopkins and they just kind of 
can be reading the paper or playing checkers and then two seconds later snap into the greatest character of their <laughs> life. And I'm like, I don't think you have to do that go crazy and pretend to be Elvis for two years thing. No, I, I don't know much about him before this either. I mean, I think most people would say the same, like, no, I've seen stuff that he's been in, but he's just some guy to me, you know? It's this fantastic performance. I think any other year it would be the front runner and maybe it is for all I know. But I mean, it kind of does seem like it's Brendan Fraser's to lose. I don't think I'd be mad. Jeez, Brendan Fraser wouldn't be mad if he lost. He's like the nicest guy ever, so. No, any of these guys. And if like Paul Mescal happens to win on a miracle, that's fun because yeah. he's the little guy in the little movie. Yeah, and that would be a fun trivia point in the future if that does happen. So supporting actor. Oh boy. This is great. Brandon Gleason for Banshees. Brian Tyree Henry for Causeway. I don't know what Causeway is. I don't know. He's <laughs> great though. I love that guy. I love Brian Tyree he, Henry. He's been yeah. in some really, really good stuff. Judd Hirsch for Fablemans. That seems like a surprise. Kind of. Yeah. I mean, you know, you kind of expected Fablemans to get a couple of nods. But yeah, for the acting, it could have kind of gone either way. Barry Cogan for Banshees. All right. And Kihu Kwan for Everything Everywhere All at Once. Who I got to think is the front runner. I would give it to him because, God, what a story. Yeah, of course. And he's a goonie. Yeah. But... All five of these gentlemen are worthy. That's cool. I got to look up Causeway. I don't know what Causeway no, is. No, every year there's always at least one where I'm like, and even I'm here, so I hear of more stuff than the average person, but still. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Lead actress, a lot of no surprises here. Kate Blanchett for Tar, mm-hmm. Anna de Armas for Blonde, Andrea Riseborough for Two Leslie. I don't know what Two Leslie is. <laughs> I've seen the title and I can't remember anything about it, but I remember seeing that and I was like, okay, sure. Michelle Williams for Fablemans yeah. and Michelle Yeoh for Everything Everywhere. My heart is with Michelle Yeoh. Sure. Lee said there's some kind of Golden Globes curse where if you win the Golden Globe, <sighs> you don't win the Oscar. But maybe that's changed because Golden Globes are garbage awards. Yeah, I mean, it, like it's happened a lot. But I mean, it's also happened the other way, too. So who's to say? I'm surprised and not surprised by Anna Armas, Mostly just because that movie was so polarizing. Yeah. Like, not to say that I'm not going to lie. Like, I didn't watch it. I don't really have much interest in watching it. But from all accounts, she is very good at it and did a good job. But I mean, no offense to her. I don't think she's the front runner this year. Yeah. And to give you a bit of inside baseball, we almost screened Blonde, but then something else became available. And what hindered it is it's another one of these three-hour movies. Yeah. And especially on a single-screen cinema, that just screws you up. Because if we're screening Blonde at 6.30, that means that we can't play another movie till 10. So that means yeah. we got to bump up Blonde till 6, which isn't a great time. So it's mixed reviews too. Like, I mean, it, yeah. it's, it's not to say everyone's going to like everything, but it's just like, if you're going to make that commitment of having such a long movie at a small theater, you better hope it's going to be like half full every single time. And I think a lot of people assumed it was just a Marilyn Monroe biopic sure. when it kind of is. And I saw one clip. She was on Colbert, I think plugging this and Bond kind of at the same time. Mm. <laughs> and they showed the blonde clip and it was great. But I also understand it's it's a very heavy film, yeah. which sometimes turns people off. That's why a lot of times your Forrest Gump's win over darker films. Yeah. So yeah, my vote goes to Michelle Yeoh. And hopefully <laughs> in the more diverse nominations and voters, yeah. I think that would help a little bit. But man, she deserves it. And oh, even, 100%. Even, again, not rightfully, but often it goes for a career versus a part. Mm-hmm. But God, she was good in this movie. And everybody, like, Kate Blanchett was great in Tar, but oh, yeah. then I'm like, she has one already. She oh, doesn't sure. need another award. And she's going to be nominated, like, 50 more times. So. <laughs> yeah. Supporting actress. Oh, wow. Angela Bassett for Wakanda Forever. Yeah. That's great. Hong Chow for The Whale. Carrie Condon for Banshees. 
Jamie Lee Curtis. Oh, wow. Uh, I didn't want to spoil it for you. But for yeah. Everything Everywhere. And Stephanie Hsu for Everything Everywhere. Wow, that's cr- that's a great <laughs> list. That's crazy. Two yeah, yeah. for Everything Everywhere. So that's a problem. That's going to cancel each other out. Yeah. And then the same thing, like, does Jamie Lee Curtis get the career Oscar? You know, like, yeah. I mean, honestly, probably not. That would be great. See, that's the trick is often when you have a movie, as I just mentioned, like Banshees, where you have two people who are arguably both the actor. Mm-hmm. They stick one in actor and one in supporting actor because they know that won't split the vote. Yeah. Because you could look at Brandon Gleason and go like, why is he supporting? And often someone will look at screen time and be like, they have the same amount of screen time. Yeah. So, yeah, for this, Angela Bassett for Black Panther, that's something. That's yeah. really cool. I mean, she's been getting a lot of acclaim for that. I mean, it is kind of surprising, but yeah. also it's Angela Bassett. So you're just sort of like, well, yeah, she's amazing. Yeah, no, that's going to be an interesting category. And especially like the Jamie Lee Curtis nod is somewhat surprising yeah. in a nice way. Mm-hmm. I think you just, there was a wealth of acting riches this year. So it's like, you didn't think it would happen. Next to the list goes, okay, this is weird. So I'm just going on the Oscar list. Are you sure, by the way, sorry, what? is Jamie Lee what? Curtis what? up for Halloween Ends? Or was it Everything Everywhere All at Once? Everything Everywhere. Okay, just to be sure, because yeah. that was an amazing movie too. That would be interesting too if they had done that. Wow. <laughs> oh my God. So the next, I'm just going through the list. Do it. It goes to animated feature film. Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio. Marcel the Shell with Shoes On, which is weird because I like that movie, <laughs> but it is also a yeah. mainly live action movie with animated shells in it. Yeah, it is not animated in my opinion. Strange. It's like 10% animated, but anyway. Puss in Boots The Last Wish, which I hear staggeringly great things about. Same. I, yeah. I just, it's one of those things, where, like, kind of like Paddington 2, where you don't really think about it so much and then people are raving and you're like, oh, all right, sure. I'm wondering if we can get that for... March break or maybe family day. I don't know. Maybe. Because I mean, the Oscars are February? The Oscars are March March. something. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, geez, why not? That might work. The Sea Beast and Turning Red. Turning Red was great too. Yeah. And Canadian, not filmed. I mean, it's animated, but you know. Yeah. More or less Canadian. Yeah. Yeah. So that's fun. That's a nice diverse list of stop motion Mm -hmm. and CG. I can't imagine anything but Pinocchio winning. I can't imagine. Yeah. And, and honestly, like, I can't think of any big snubs that aren't on the list. I'm no. sure there is something, but I can't think of it. Yeah. Cinematography. All Quiet on the Western Front. Bardo, False Chronicle of a Handful of Truths. Don't know what that is. That's the one. That's I can't remember the director, but he's like, a fan. I think it's the guy who did Amoris Peros. Oh, okay. I might okay. be wrong, but it's it's one oh, of like right. a known director's new now movie. Now I know what that is. Yeah. 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 Elvis, Empire of Light, and Tar. Empire of Light is Roger Deakins, who famously mm. was like nominated 30 times right. and then finally won. What did he win for? Do you remember? I'm putting you on the spot. It was Shoot. something random, like I feel it like. It was uh, Blade Runner. Okay. Was it? Jeez. I think. Yeah. It was, Again, I'm not looking at nothing. Yeah, no, because I feel like he did something like Three Billboards or something random where you, where you were like, wouldn't expect it to be someone of yeah, that caliber. Yeah, and then he did 1917. <laughs> yeah. And I think one for that as well. It's crazy. Oh, yeah, so good. Yeah, so I imagine that movie probably looks amazing. <laughs> I mean, I think Elvis is the flashiest one. Yeah. Which doesn't necessarily mean anything. And All Quiet might be the most kind of epic one mm-hmm. which often they're like that was the hardest here's your yeah. award and it's supposed to be just incredible like i don't i'm not a big war movie guy in general but yeah. i mean i've heard great things about that costume design babylon black panther wakanda forever elvis everything everywhere and miss harris goes to paris <laughs> well, our favorite title of the year <laughs> yeah i miss that movie it might be rolling back with a rental and i might sneak in and watch it <laughs> <laughs> hey, not bad these awards too it's like anytime someone gets mad i'm like no, everybody did a good job in this. Like you yeah. look at Black Panther or Babylon or Elvis, they all have their merits. So it's always weird when 
when a costume designer is looking at this list, it's so funny to think you can't look at one and be like, nah, that one wasn't very good. Yeah, you almost think Elvis might have an edge just because it has so many time periods in it. Yeah. Uh, God, who knows? Or I think Babylon is pretty epic. Yeah, true. Or Black Panther, you've got like... <laughs> so every movie. Everything. Give it to everybody. Yeah, they're all good. Everyone's This a is why I don't like awards. <laughs> you would be terrible at this. Oh my God. Because it's like, it is, it's awarding hard work and artistry mm-hmm. and saying you're better than these other four and better than these other ones who didn't get nominated. Yeah. It's just like, yeah, I don't it's, know. It's too much. This list is weird. Now, now we're at directing. <laughs> Banshees, Everything Everywhere, Fableman's Tar, Triangles of Sadness. That Man. is the surprise one. Yeah. I mean, it's cool, again, that like we had that already, and like we, you know, we've really been on top of the Oscar stuff this year. Yeah. But yeah, I didn't expect to see that one be so lauded. Wow, that really surprised me. That was a, a big walkout movie for us, <laughs> oh. and now if we get it back, it will be again, because often, and I've said this before, a movie gets a nomination, and whether you're a more mainstream movie-going person in the 1970s or the 2020s, People don't seem to understand that every once in a while a really dark, weird movie sneaks in there, mm-hmm. whether it is something like Pulp Fiction or Midnight Cowboy. And now with Triangle of Sadness, we had people walking out because I think they thought, oh, it's a nice Woody Harrelson movie about a boat. <laughs> oh, man. Which it, I guess, is. It kind of is. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I don't know much about it other than just people are on a boat. Yeah, that's yeah. about it. That's kind of all I know. And so I'm assuming, yeah, there's some downer stuff in there. Maybe I'll get to it. Like, I mean, th- this is the kind of movie that's good for Oscars because people either never heard of it or just like, I don't know what that is. I- I'm ignoring it. So <laughs> Wow. I can't imagine the the Vegas odds on this one. Like, I don't think Spielberg will win. Triangle of Sadness probably just snuck in there. Yeah. So I don't think it'll win. So maybe Tar or Banshees. Tar or Banshees seem like the logical one, but everything everywhere well, might that's sneak thing, in there. Because the directing in that is so elaborate. Yeah. I, I honestly think that could be the front runner. And I look at Fableman's and not to disparage the fine work of Mr. Spielberg, <laughs> and I haven't seen it yet. I'm looking forward sure. to seeing it. But I don't know. It's a kid who wants to make movies. Yeah. It doesn't have big action scenes. It doesn't have fancy special effects. And then at the end, he wins Best Director for that movie itself. Whoa. And I'm like, what are the odds of this? No, but I, I, Somebody snarkily said that the sequel to Fableman should be about a guy just producing Transformers movies. Oof. Where he's like, my dream came true, and I'm a filmmaker now, and now I will spread my power by making five or six Transformers movies. Or he's making the BFG, your favorite. Oh, <laughs> I hate BFG. Yeah, nowhere all at once. Oh. <laughs> And even Mark Rylance is in it, who I love. And I'm like, yeah, no, nope, did not shame. like that movie. His one bad movie. Documentary feature, All That Breathes, All the Beauty and the Bloodshed, Fire of Love, The House Made of Splinters, and Navalny. So documentary features, are, it's so disparaging. It's so mean. But it shows that, you know, there's not a lot of people tuning in edge of their seats for documentary feature. Apart from last year, there was the Motown one, I think it was. Oh, yeah. Which, Questlove, that, yeah. Yeah, it's like every every year there's usually one or maybe two where I'm like, okay. And then the, yeah. the rest, I'm just like, I don't know. I'm sure it's good. It's funny because we have our live Oscar cast and often there'll be a nomination list like this. And then somebody wins and there's like a cheer from eight people in the crowd and i'm like you people are hardcore a plus cinema fans yeah we need you're our three o'clock crowd that yeah. we really need again not to disparage documentary short film i nobody knows i don't know <laughs> don't even bother elephant whispers haul out how do you measure a year the martha mitchell effect and stranger at the gate short lists are worthy because a lot of times this 
not box office wise or anything, but this will get these people more jobs. Oh yeah. So that's why this is worthy to support independent filmmakers and independent documentaries. So I totally am not against documentary short film. No. I just always laugh at it because they're hard to get a hold of. A lot yeah. of times nowadays you have to be at a film festival. COVID times made it a bit easier because some film festivals offered them online. The Mayfair had some of that online, which is great, but it's a hard draw for a a theater. And they must get the most submissions of that category, I would oh, think. Oh, I can't like, imagine. They must get thousands, I would yeah. think. That must just be a full-time job of oh, just plowing through the yeah. short documentaries. It's too much. <laughs> Next, film editing. Banshees, Elvis, Everything Everywhere, Tar, and Top Gun Maverick. <laughs> you didn't expect that <laughs> twist. I figured it would get a couple. I still haven't seen it, but you know, a lot of times these type of movies will get the editing or the sound editing awards. Yeah, usually sound editing. Like, I mean, it could win editing, but I almost think... I don't know. I'm not trying to disparage Top Gun 2, but I don't know. I think they might give it to more of a prestige film. Again, going for one that was hard to edit, I would say Elvis or Everything Everywhere. Yeah, Elvis, they must have had like six hours of footage, I would at least, you know. Because like Banshees is a bunch of people hanging out in a small town. (laughs) Maybe Top Gun as well, I guess. But yeah, I would say Everything Everywhere or Elvis. Yeah, probably the top two. And again, sometimes it's not that. Sometimes a slow-paced movie has its has its merits in the editing quality. But then mm. I always look at it as a technical point of view of being like, wow, everything everywhere had a lot of shots and effects and <laughs> changing locations and all yeah. that kind of stuff. Next up, international feature film, The Quiet Girl, EO, Close, Argentina, 1985, and All Quiet on the Western Front. I famously did not watch EO because yeah. I was too sad. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> before it, even seeing it, might have had something happen to a donkey, or yeah. possibly not. We don't know. I think some of these are circling us, but again, it's this frustration of, oh, you can't have it because we're going to give Argentina 1985 to a multiplex. It's like, no, why? It doesn't seem like a multiplex title, but yeah, you know, what do I know? And All Quiet, I believe, is three hours, which is also a hindrance. So, And I mean, I think that's kind of the shoe in to win. It's because it's been nominated for other awards, too. And I, I, I don't know. Maybe it'll win best, best Picture if it's up for Best Picture. But this seems like the kind of thing where they're like, here's your best, not Best Picture, but sort of Best Picture. Yeah. And it's an example of Netflix is the real deal. And me, as a cinema owner, am on the side of this where we could all get along and show your stuff on the big screen for a little bit mm-hmm. as a limited edition. And... You get to count as a real movie, and then you get a bunch of awards. So it shows that they're producing quality stuff that keeps on getting notoriety. And it's not their Adam Sandler fare, Mm -hmm. I guess, except for Uncut Gems. Yeah, (laughs) well, three-hour German war film, maybe I won't get to it, but I've heard it's amazing. (laughs) Makeup and hairstyling. All Quiet on the Western Front. The Batman. Black Panther. Wakanda Forever. Elvis and the Whale. Oh, Batman. Batman is the movie that I loved that I knew wasn't going to get a lot of recognition, but I thought maybe there's a chance at one of the real awards. But yeah, makeup, I think, will go to The Whale. Yeah, right? probably. Unless it's too obvious. I don't know. That stuff's always confusing. But the Batman, Colin Farrell in The Batman is unrecognizable. Yeah, so I mean, that could go either way. Maybe maybe that's that's Whale versus Batman. I guess we'll see. Music, original score. All Quiet on the Western Front, Babylon, Banshees, Everything Everywhere, and The Fablemans. So that's John Williams' 900th nomination. Jeez, yeah, true. I didn't even think of that. No, yeah, I don't I don't know. I have no real thoughts anyway on all of those. Like, any of them could win, yeah. and I wouldn't be angry. <laughs> He's been on this great run because he got nominated for all three Star Wars movies, the mm-hmm. more recent ones. 
and that put him in the record books as the most nominations of anybody. Yeah. And that then he's still knocking one out and getting another one. For, yeah, because he's doing Indiana Jones 5 also, I think. Yeah, sure. and at the age of 90, he surprised Spielberg at a press conference and said, yeah, maybe I'm not retired. And then Spielberg kind of double-taked him and was like, I don't even have another project yet. So <laughs> at the age of 90, I think he's still like, yeah, maybe I'll keep going. Yeah, that's just incredible. And at 90, you look at him and you're like, are you 60? Yeah, no, it's <laughs> like, insane. Original song, applause from Tell It Like a Woman, Hold My Hand from Top Gun Maverick, Lift Me Up from Black Panther Wakanda Forever, Natu Natu from RRR, and This Is a Life from Everything Everywhere. The Top Gun Maverick song is Lady Gaga. I do not remember. I, I saw the movie and I don't remember that. Yeah. And RRR, I haven't seen yet, but I've yeah. heard all kinds of crazy things about it. Oh, for sure. Yeah. People have been raving about that one. And then, oh, also- This Is a Life is David Byrne. Which I didn't realize. Jeez. Uh, so yeah, hitters. so these are these are heavy hitters in there. This might be a weird one where Lady Gaga wins for Top Gun just because she's Lady Gaga. But then again, Diane Warren I think has never won. Right. So that could get in there too. And she just put out one for eighty for Brady with a bunch of top singers and now I can't remember most of them. I think Cindy Lauper might be on it. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway. So and like that was the thing, like it's like, oh she's never been nominated. This is the one. But I didn't realize she had one, another one this year. And often that too song is the like, yeah, you're not getting a bunch of other stuff. So we're, or it's just like, we really like the artist. And so Mm -hmm. we're giving it to the artist. So, okay. So this is the interesting one. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Yeah. So every year now they're doing 10. And at least one of these will surprise you. And make me furious. Yeah. Well, maybe. So all quiet on the Western front. Avatar, the way of the water. Of course. Banshees, Elvis, everything everywhere. Fablemans, Tar, Top Gun Maverick. <laughs> that wasn't even the one that I thought would shock wow, you. <laughs> that blows my mind. Triangle of Sadness and Women Talking. Oh, that's great that that got in there. Oh, for sure. Yeah, we love Sarah Polly. So we want that one to win. Yeah, I because, mean, uh, Canadian content. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to say the odds are against women talking. Yeah. I mean, throughout history, it has been, but this time, yeah. <laughs> I feel like that's great. I'm proud of Sarah Pauly. Good for her. Yeah, and a lot of people were kind of nervous that it just would be kind of lost in the shuffle. I mean, I suppose it kind of was beyond. I think I got two nominations. I'm as we speak. I am listening to her on. Well, not as we speak. <laughs> yeah. Moments ago, I'm do a I, podcast here, bud. When I walked here, I was listening to Sarah Pauly on Mark Maron. Mm. and i'm like 75 percent of the way through and i joked with gwen and i was like i'm so sad i gotta go see this movie because it's gonna be so heavy but i oh, really yeah. want to see it yeah triangle of sadness again i'm surprised mm-hmm. top gun maverick is this the first time that a sequel has been oscar nominated for best picture and the first one was not Ooh, that's very interesting that has to be I'm thinking like Aliens and Dawn of the Dead, but neither of those were up for Best Picture. I mean, I doubt Aliens was up for Best Picture. Oh, wait. Was Lord of the Rings 3, but not Lord of the Rings 1? Yeah. uh, yeah. That was back in the day of only five movies. I know Two Towers wasn't, and I can't remember if one was or wasn't. It's interesting, but I mean, that would probably be the answer. So Avatar, not to kick Avatar, because I have not seen it, so I cannot review it. But we have a rental in every Sunday for a local church. And I was chatting with a few of the people who I know are movie fans. So I've chatted with half a dozen people now who have seen Avatar. None of them have liked it. (laughs) And I think it's one of those movies just like I compare it to Gilligan's Island, where back in the day, Gilligan's Island was on. It wasn't terrible, but it was on. And you had three channels and you watched it. And Avatar, especially in the world where Disney owns everything... We live in a world where there is no competition. There was no 
Pixar movie, Star Wars movie, Marvel movie, live action Disney movie released against Avatar. So it made a lot of money because a lot of families just went to see it. I'm sure somebody out there is a big fan, but I just, I haven't heard anything glowing about it. Yeah, no, I'm not. I didn't see the first one. I'm not. Oh, really? Excited. Interesting. I just didn't care, really. And then by the people were always like, yeah, you got to see it in 3D. And, and then that I didn't care enough. And then it wasn't in 3D anymore. And then I was just like, eh, whatever. Yeah. Like, I love James Cameron. Like, I'm not, I'm not deriding anyone who loves these movies, but I'm just, I just can't bring myself to care. No, me too. And I look at it and I look at how much I care about something like Everything Everywhere or how much I really loved Tar or. Elvis even, or mm-hmm. Banshees, all these movies. But I looked at Avatar and I'm just like, over the holidays, I was like, well, I can go see Black Panther with my family or go see Avatar. Because I, I go to the multiplex like twice a year. And I was like, well, we're going to go see Black Panther. I stand by that decision. Yeah, you did the right thing. Fellowship of the Ring was up for Best Picture, by the way. Was it? Okay, so yeah. there there you go. I wonder. Top Gun Maverick might be the first one. It, it could be. Maybe The Color of Money, but that wasn't up for Best Picture. There's any that you think... I mean, obviously, Godfather 1 and 2 were both up for... I'm pretty sure they both won, actually. Yeah. So... Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's an interesting... And 3 was nominated, even though no true, one liked it. True, Yeah, and I think almost <laughs> that was just like, an, all right, we got to do this, you know? Like, <laughs> yeah. I would... If I had to throw in a big mainstream movie, I would have put in Wakanda Forever over Avatar Again, having not seen Avatar, so I cannot be an actual judge of this. Yeah, no, and I mean, and before anyone asks, Drag Dragon was not eligible this year yet. Oh, so yeah, that's, next year. Yeah, that's why that when you're not hearing that. But yeah, no, I, th- I feel like, I don't know, I think Avatar 2 is a throw-in, we need a 10th movie, and here's this movie. Like, no offense to the movie that I haven't seen, but I'm just like, I don't feel that that's a real contender for best Heck, picture i would have put dr strange over avatar <laughs> which i enjoyed like i'm, yeah. I'm trying to... for a mainstream kind of movie yeah like it's i don't know it was gonna be what it was gonna be like but i mean i don't see either of those sequel big budget movies or actually having winning. said that there is nothing in the rule books that says pinocchio couldn't be nominated for best picture and best animated picture true so that's something i would have put on this list and bumped top gun or avatar yeah, I'm like having a hard time thinking of movies that I really love. Like, I mean, there was many, but like they're not Oscar movies. Usually. Halloween ends. Oh, God. You know, which I loved. And like there's uh, Smile. There, oh, that was really good. Too. Barbarian. Like, why don't they have a horror category? Because like <laughs> yeah. there was some top stuff this year. I watched real movies as well, but I don't remember what most of them were. Okay, let's move along. We're going to run out of time That's if we true. don't keep going. Production design. All Quiet, Avatar, Babylon, Elvis, Fablemans. Seems about right. Fableman's really, well, I guess it's a period piece. That's hard to do. You got to find all those old Coke bottles and tabletops. And yeah. No, <laughs> old, whatever, some sort of old uh, film reels. Cars, and stuff. I guess. All that stuff. Short film. Sorry, short film. An ostrich told me the world is fake and I think I believe it. Well, I'm giving my vote to that one. That's too long of a title. <laughs> my year of dicks. I don't know. What? All right, no comment. Ice merchants, the flying sailor, and the boy, the mole, the fox, and the horse. Good luck to all these fine filmmakers. Man. I'm sorry I have no opinion. Yeah, that's the thing. And, you know, we'll probably never see these movies. But it's incredible to be nominated. So good luck to Ostrich and yeah. all the others. Okay, so that was animated. This is live action, which is even harder to track down. Because at least animated, every once in a while, it's a Pixar film shoved in front of a movie. Yeah. An Irish Goodbye, Ivalu, Le Pupil, Night Ride, and The Red Suitcase. What's in the suitcase? That could be cool. I don't know. I'm already intrigued. Well, wait. Le Pupil is Alfonso Cuaron. Oh, we love it. We love uh, him. Like, so that's a big-time filmmaker who made a short film. Yeah, so, <laughs> so that's the front runner, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Sound, All Quiet, Avatar, The Batman, Elvis, and Top Gun Maverick. 
that list looks exactly like I think it would. Yeah, I mean, Elvis, maybe Top Gun. I mean, any of them, I guess, really. But I wonder if they'll throw Avatar a couple of those to make James Cameron happy because he's always crying about, I made a lot of money. People should be nicer to me. It's true. But then Elvis, like, if that wins nothing else, you might think they would give that. Yeah. For, like, as there's sound in it, it's about a musician. Come on. Yeah. Visual effects. All quiet. Avatar, Batman, Black Panther, and Top Gun. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Those <laughs> are... Uh, a lot of movies with a lot of good effects in them yeah and one of them will win and i'll be like yeah sure Sure, yeah yeah. it's fun (laughs) okay so now writing adapted screenplay all quiet glass onion living top gun maverick that blows my mind again all these top gun nominations yeah and women talking okay sarah polly come on give it to sarah polly we need this and here's the other thing this is one thing i did hear about before just when this was on the short list so glass onion a knives out mystery this is so weird. Counts as an adapted screenplay. Yeah. Although it is purely an original character and an original screenplay, but because it is a sequel, it is an adapted screenplay. Yeah, that was... It's funny that you addressed that because that was the first question I had when I read that. I was like, how? Like, It's the same thing as a couple years ago. Logan, an original screenplay, was an adapted screenplay because Wolverine is a comic book character. Oh, right. It's man. so weird to me. It's but so it weird. wasn't a direct... Well, I mean, they do have the Old Man Logan storyline, I guess, but, but, but that's that not what the that... same. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It wasn't that, so I don't know. I still hold hope in my heart that that Old Man Logan movie might happen. Could be. I mean, you In never like 10 never. or 20 years, he could do it. But... I mean, he said he wouldn't do the character again, and he already He's is back. for Deadpool, yeah. so I mean, whatever. <laughs> so I would vote for Sarah Polly purely with Canadian nepotism. Yes. But, I mean, Ryan Johnson winning would be great. Mm-hmm. So, who knows? So, uh, Sarah Polly, That's yeah. what I'm voting for. And then, original screenplay, Banshees, Everything Everywhere, Fableman's Tar, and Triangle. So, often, in the history of motion pictures, they give best screenplay to the weirdo movie. Yeah. And then, best picture to the normal movie. Right. So, say if Fableman's wins best picture, Everything Everywhere will win best screenplay. Yeah. Or they split the indie movies, and they say, Banshees, you get best picture, and everything everywhere, you get best screenplay. Yeah. So you both get Oscars still. That's going to be tough. But then did Three Billboards win best picture or not best picture? I can't remember. I'm trying to think because sometimes when they've got like a writer director who's already won best picture, they're like, well, okay, you got yours a couple of years ago. We're going to give it to the new guys. I already can't remember. <laughs> I know. But I think it was the screenplay split with that one. Yeah, so it might have been. Yeah, because I know uh, what's his name, Buddy, won uh, supporting actor for that. Yeah. And beyond that, I can't remember what happened two weeks ago let alone three years okay so that's it that's the oscars huge i'm mostly really surprised about top gun yes and no i mean it's the most popular movie of the year well i mean i suppose avatar maybe now is but like those were the top two so i mean you know you gotta throw my bone somewhere but yeah it's gonna be interesting i don't know it should be bumping here in march whatever whenever that happens yeah march something yeah march something or other it's fine okay now we are very quickly yeah Going to go through the movies that we have screening the week of Friday, January 27th. Including Lee's movie, which is hilarious because you would have thought we'd talk a little more about that. But we're like, we got to push that off another week. Yeah, that's why we had him on last week. Yeah, it's true. And then we're going to have his writer on next week. Yeah. We'll bookend it with Drag Dragon. So we have Empire of Light. Oh, I just heard about this. Which I'm very excited for because it's Olivia Coleman, mm-hmm. who we all love. Oh, yeah. And it's about her... Working at a struggling theater oh. in the early 1980s. Oh, what? Okay. And it's filled with beautiful Roger Deakins cinematography. Oscar nominated. Oscar nominated <laughs> of this lovely old 
Cinema. Damn. Directed by Sam Mendes of oh. uh, American Beauty and Skyfall fame. And Road to Perdition. And Road to Perdition. Oh, that's a great movie. Yes. And I think I'm just going to cry at this movie. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's going to be these beautiful shots of struggling to keep this old movie house going. Oh, God. Yeah. I, so I, that I looks had no like, idea that's what it was about. Yeah. It's going to be big for us, I think. Awesome. Then the Oscar nominated as well, After Sun, is oh. back for a third week. Wow. Unless in the couple days after I tell you this, <laughs> oh, no. the studio pulls it from us like monsters. But I think they'll be nice to us. I think we'll have this still. Oh, wow. Yeah, no, I, this has been getting crazy reviews. Oscar nominated. Come out and see it. Then the to-be-Oscar-nominated in 2024, Enter the Drag Dragon. I thought you meant to-be, like T-U-B-I. <laughs> no, and no. I was like, "Is that? that's a mean shot at least. You're going to be nominated for a to-be award. <laughs> the world premiere is on Friday, January 27th. Mm-hmm. As I say these words, it might be sold out because I think when I looked yesterday, there were 11 tickets left. Huge. But fret not, you should come on. Saturday, which when I last looked had about 50 advanced tickets sold. Yeah. So lots of room. And you can come on Saturday and then stick around and watch Saturday Night Cinema. Yep. As programmed by Eric. Yeah, you see? So in some ways, I mean, Friday is cool because you get the red carpet thing and it'll be sold out. But Saturday, you get a bit more room. You stay for the free movie if you're a member. Yeah. And that's and why not buy a membership? Because then you get in cheap to drag dragon and whatever. You know, it's basically paying for itself. So, I mean... Don't feel bad about Friday. Saturday could be the bigger sell. I don't know. It could be. Yeah. And then it's also on Tuesday and Wednesday. So lots of time to catch this on the big screen at the Mayfair. It's going to be a lot of fun. Locally produced. Locally acted. Plus you got fun stuff like Greg Sestero and Lloyd Kaufman showing yeah. up in it. It's an epic. Lee worked on it for a million years. Oh so my God, yeah. Come check it out. No, it's good. And I'm pretty sure I swear at Lloyd Kaufman. I'm not sure. I haven't Ooh. seen the movie yet. But, you know, you got to come out and find out. Then we have a very fun one afternoon only back-to-back event, the 2022-2023 New York Cat and New York Dog Film Fest. It's at 4 o'clock on Saturday the 28th and Sunday the 29th. And it's a collection of short films and a portion of the ticket sales go to the Ottawa Cat Rescue and Ottawa Dog Rescue organizations. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. And it's just, it's a short cat and dog videos. Everyone yeah. loves those. Yeah, yeah. We don't have to sell you on that. <laughs> yeah. Someone out there going, oh, I hate puppies and kitties. Yeah, yeah, I'm not going to that, but a Triangle of Sadness, I would have gone to. <laughs> then the Canadian produced Much Abuzz horror film Skinamarink. Oh, yeah. I forgot we were getting that. This is supposedly a $15,000 movie. Often when a movie is that cheap, they don't like telling us how much it is because then people go like, ah, that's not a real movie. Yeah. But- it's a horror film. It's only rated PG. Somebody was joking. I should bring my kids joking. Ah, it's like the Sharon Lowe's and Bram song. But it's only rated PG because I think there's no horror in it in the sense of blood and guts and monsters no. jumping out at you. It's it's sound design, basically. It's all sound design and weird stuff horror. Mm-hmm. But the plot is, I don't know, is it a 10-year-old kid? Uh, it, I think there's two kids. Two kids. And, and they wake up and there's no doors or windows in their home anymore. Yeah. And their parents are gone. Yeah. And that's and they gotta figure and there's creepy stuff. Creepy stuff. Yeah, I get it. that's honestly that's the movie. And so so it's it's one of those ones where it's like half of the people are saying scariest movie of the year, other people are saying waste of time. Yeah, you know, because <laughs> it's not like hit me over the head with jump scares and all that. You know. Yeah. So I honestly am not sure how I feel either way, but I do think, and I'm not just saying this because obvious reasons, but yeah. apparently it's a theater movie and, right. and plays a lot better if you're confined in a box, I guess. Yeah, you're not at home distracted by things. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, no rave reviews for this one. Yeah, I had no problem finding a bunch of five-star reviews, and it's Canadian, so come out and support both a Canadian cinema and a Canadian filmmaker. Absolutely. 
Uh, and then finally, we have Groundhog Day for <laughs> its 30th anniversary wow. to make people feel old. Damn. On actual Groundhog Day, we have a private rental and then Enter the Drag Dragon at 9. So on actual Groundhog Day, we want to play it. We can only play it as a matinee, which is fine because people can come see it. But as a fallback, we are playing it on Monday, January 30th at 6.30. Mm-hmm. So you can still come see it at normal time. But if you want to see it on actual Groundhog Day, come out for the matinee, skip work, yeah. and it'll be a lot of fun. And it's just one of those movies that it's surprisingly acclaimed. The reviews I found from real mainstream people were like, one of the best films of the 90s, one of the best scripts of the 90s, five stars, five stars. And it's one of those movies that you kind of forget that 30 years ago, this was Bill Murray post-Ghostbusters Scrooged and not quite becoming that Wes Anderson kind of Bill Murray, Mm -hmm. kind of right in between that. I love it. It's a great movie. Is it really 1993 that it yeah, came out? Yeah, I, I always pictured it as an 80s, late 80s, you know. I don't know why, but just yeah. it kind of had that vibe, got like a big or something like that, you know. But I believe you. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah. So that's it. We'll quickly wrap that up just because with all of our Oscar talk, we wanted to get aside, but we still wanted to let people know what movies we're screening this week. If you listen in a timely manner, you have plenty of options ranging from horror films to Kitty Puppy Film Fest to Groundhog Day to new Oscar-nominated stuff. So lots of stuff to see this week. All the best stuff. And then we will do our best to continue to roll out Oscar-nominated favorites in the next six weeks or so as we lead up to the Oscars. Absolutely. So thanks for listening, everybody. We look forward to having you back here at the Mayfair soon to watch some big screen movies. We'll have your favorite Oscar stuff and your favorite Oscar snubs, I'm sure. Yeah, no, yeah. We are at MayfairTheater.ca and on all the social medias. And we'll see you soon at the Mayfair Theater. Bye, everybody. Bye. I'm not sure what's more upsetting, Mia Goth not getting nominated for Pearl or Cage not getting it for Unbearable Talent. But, you know. So angry. Next year, like I say every year. Next year. Oh. Don't mind me. I'm just getting ready for the premiere of a brand new motion picture event unlike anything you've ever seen. Enter the Drag Dragon. For you see, I am Sam Kellerman, and I star as Crunch, the adorable, gorgeous, and dangerous hero of this brand new book. Excuse me? Hold up, everyone. Listen, I don't know what you've been told, but I am Jade London, and I am the star of the soon-to-be worldwide sensation Enter the Drag Dragon. I play Crunch, the lead role, and I am the one and only drag queen kung fu master. Hi-ya! Listen, pay no attention to those two bitches. There's only one real star of this picture, and it's me, Matt Miwa. (laughs) Watch me transcend the screen as Crunch and kick some ass while I do it. By the end of this film, you won't even remember who Sam Bagelman and Jag London are. (laughs) Ladies, ladies, ladies. All right. So we all play Crunch and enter the Drag Dragon, a movie so big it took three drag queens to complete it. So get ready for a cinematic experience full of drag queens, drag kings, I'm not a dude, buttercup, zombies, mummies, androids, flashers, streakers, bare-breasted vixens, poisonous boobies, boobies, <laughs> 
Nothing has to be booby. A laser hoop, explosions, a basket full of digs, and so much more we can't fit in this trailer. So who are you three supposed to be? We're the crazy dragon detective agency. Our heroes kick ass on land, sea, and air. Sam Kellen, Jade London, and Matt Meek. All star as Crunch in the world's first ever drag exploitation action film. Also starring Beatrice Barris, Phil Caracas, Josh Grace, Mark McDonald, Natalia Moreno, Judith DeBoer, Mary France Cortemont, Quintana Taylor, Kirby Nacho, Ali Quinn, Cassia Scully, Jesse Godard, Brendan Cowell, Jade Nick, Jordan Gerard, Derek Rustin, Jason Vaughn, Dave Bignell, Peter Monet, Will King Waylung, Laurie Harrod, Dan Marr, Jonathan Hayes, Elliot Fokker, Master Dubois, and featuring special appearances by Lloyd Kaufman, Johnny Vegas, Greg Sestero. Knuckle up, bitch. Enter the Drag Dragons. A drag boot action comedy horror musical you won't want to miss. Really? I am a detective. You're the best detective to ever live. What's going on? Now that's a case we've got to solve. It'll be fun. Fun. Totally. If you want to see Enter the Drag Dragon, ask your mama.